Welcome to the Whitetail Obsession Podcast with Dave Richmond and co-host Chris Worthing, where we talk and teach everything deer and turkey hunting related. Follow along as we help teach you tips and techniques about hunting, food plots, and habitat management strategies that everyone can use. Welcome back to Podcast 49, guys. Chris, uh, what's going on? Hey man, I, I was I was at arch uh, yeah archery hunting. No, I was rifle hunting this week, mm-hmm. and uh, I was I put a couple in the freezer. All so, right, yeah, had a good week. Well, good week. well today we got a uh, an interesting topic to talk about here, and we got Philip joining us from Alima Shield. And Philip, we had you we had you on what was that back in the summer to talk about Alima Shield and all that. Mm-hmm. Yep, and that was one of our most listened to podcasts. And awesome. I think Chris is now on what day 200 of not wearing yoga. <laughs> yeah, it's probably close to that. <laughs> How many days has it really been? I, I, I lost count, man. It's like I, at least 80, since, right? Well, when the product came out and I went on that hunt, September it was like 18th. Yeah. Since then. So since then a week, a week or two before I left, I started using the product. The phone, uh, the phone. The foam. Yep. yep. And yeah, so Philip, Chris hasn't been put on regular deodorant. No deodorant. Hey, that's good. That's good. That's yep. that's I mean, that's what we like to hear. That's that's what we developed it for. You know, we, yeah. we love hearing those success stories. You crazy. cannot believe like I made videos about it and like when we were in New York, I videoed myself and a couple other guys using it and stuff you can't believe how much outpouring of people i had calling me about this stuff you know that's awesome and then i had a couple guys actually contact you i know Uh, they they contacted you and said man i chris turned me on to this stuff i gotta have it and Mm -hmm. (laughs) just just let let your friends know you know anytime they reach out to me i'm gonna answer directly you know that's that's really important to us with lima shield uh, yeah. is, is having that relationship with our customers and answering questions and uh, you know with you with you guys uh, being all over the place and, and really using it the way it was intended to be used uh, you know there's no greater marketing tool out there than success so Philip you um, you retired recently so congrats on that thank you and you are now in the drone business I am. And have, has it been long or is this something new? No. So um, this all started about this time last year. Okay. Um, and and let, let me back up just so your listeners understand kind of how I got to be in this drone stuff. Because the drone community is is full of a lot of really smart people. Mm-hmm. And I, I'm just your average crayon in the box. Um, I shot a deer last year. Um, in North Carolina, and we joke anything over 130 in North Carolina is Boone and Crockett. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was it was probably about 140 inch deer, great deer. Uh, I watched it run for 200 yards, just pouring blood, couldn't find it. Uh, called a dog guy around here that's got a really good reputation. Um, he came, tracked for five hours, couldn't find it. Uh, I found it this summer, and I felt like, and, and at the time, I was paying attention to. Mike Yoder with Drone Deer Recovery up in uh, Ohio because his videos were just fire, you know. And uh, it's kind of like when uh, Seek One first started, you know. Mm-hmm. And uh, I was paying attention to this stuff. And I was like, man, you know, I bet if I had one of those, I could find my deer. So uh, 
there's a guy that lives in my neighborhood. He's a state trooper also. And he actually helped start North Carolina Highway Patrol's drone program in 2017. So this is where the intelligence comes in. So when I tell you, you know, like there's, it's full of smart people. Okay, that's not me. Mm-hmm. David is that guy for us. Um, but but completely understands all this, the, the, the computer programming, the mapping, you know, all the things. You know, it's, it's like with a smartphone. Like we use probably 15% of its capability, you know, but he understands 100% of it. So we got to talk and I was like, hey, man, you know, what do you think about, you know, getting one of these thermal drones and, you know, starting to get into, you know, trying to find some deer and, you know, there's a fire department close to us, you know, uh, we can use it for law enforcement also if need be. And he's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, we started Shadow Tech and uh, we bought a thermal drone. We've got a, a DJI um, Mavic 3T, which is uh, it's on the smaller side. And uh, came in and I, I sent a message to a buddy of mine that's a huge farmer. Uh, he is a member of um, Extreme Ag uh, on social media, and they're kind of the kiss the ring folks in the agriculture community. And he, he, we're very lucky to have him close by. And I said, "Hey, man, uh, you know, just to let you know we've we've got this drone, and then we got another uh, drone. It's a uh, Matrice Three Enterprise, and then David already had two other drones. So at the time, we had four drones." I said, hey, look, we're doing, you know, we're doing mapping, you know, we're, we're doing, you know, farmers or calves get out, deer recovery, uh, the fire department calls, we go out, you know, senior citizens, kids lost in the woods, pets, whatever. I said, so if you need this for, you know, any photography or aerial stuff with your farming, let me know. Now, keep in mind, this guy was a 2022 grower of the year, okay? Keynote speaker at all the big um, uh, agriculture um, mm-hmm. trade shows. And he hits me right back on text message. You ever thought about doing spray drones? And I was kind of familiar with it, but not really. And I said, well, not sort of. And he said, get certified. He said, I got a lot of business for you. So we start looking into it. And so that's a whole nother, it's a whole nother drone operation that we got going on. But it started from Shadow Tech. And okay. so, you know, what, what we do with Shadow Tech primarily um, is we do mapping we do photography, videography. Of course, right now we're doing big game recovery. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we do, you know, people will call and say, hey, you know, I'm thinking about buying this property. Can you come at night and kind of give me an idea? You know, are there, are there deer there? Are there, you know, more coyotes and deer? You know, give me a heads up. And so we get contracted out to do that. Um, and and it, it it's a hustle, but there's good money to be made there. Mm-hmm. Now, I can talk to you all day long about deer hunting food plots but when it comes to drones we have uh, no idea i'm I'm dumb (laughs) now primarily you know it's hunting season so we're going to talk about deer recovery right now this thing a a client customer calls you Mm -hmm. you get to their property you put this thing up in the air and you fly it over and you're looking for a heat signal correct right so so with 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 this technology, it gives you um, several different color palettes you can choose from to identify heat. <clears throat> and I, I've got a particular one that I like. It just works well for me. Um, it, it's been my experience um, that, you know, late in the evening, at night, first thing in the morning is the best time to do this. Mm-hmm. Middle of the day, you, you can, but it, it's just harder. I tend, I tend to, to tell people when they call, 
if they like, I had a guy call me uh, this morning and he said, I just shot it. Uh, you know, I need you to go ahead and come on. And I was like, well, I'll tell you what, let's wait till it gets dark. Let's give the deer a chance to lay. I said, you have to be patient. Okay. Don't go in the woods. Right. If, if you think your shot is marginal or not good, do not go in the woods. Don't push that deer. Let it bed down. And so then I'll take the drone. Uh, I will, you know, I'll stand there with the customer and get a map and an idea of the property. Uh, there's certain things I want to know, you know, uh, what were you shooting? How far were you? What was the deer's reaction? Uh, which way did it go? Where's water? And where do you think it went? And when I first started doing this, I put a lot of stock in uh, landowners really knowing where their deer would go. As it has turned out, if this is your property, mm-hmm. and I say, where do you think it went? Oh, it's right here, man. They always bed right here. I know he went right here. Find the drone down here, or find the deer down here. Uh, these deer do crazy things when they're hurt. Oh, but, yeah. yeah, I'll take it out, and I'm looking for a heat source. Okay. And at, when I got this drone, and, and all through this year, I've, I've gone out just, I can't even tell you how many hours, and flown looking for deer, just so I could identify the, the shapes, how they move, you know, what they look like when they're bedded down, uh, what they look like when they're dead, they look like when they're walking, because that helps me be efficient. And, uh, you know, the laws are very, very different wherever you go. The, in North Carolina, the thing to remember is uh, you can't assist a hunter in taking uh, natural resources. Mm-hmm. So uh, Dave calls me, I shot one, man, I don't know about the shot. Can you come help me? Absolutely. Job out there. I get all that information. You know, would you shoot it with 30 out six? How far was the shot? 400 yards. What, what, what do you do? Well, he just stood there at first. Uh, and then he, he kind of stumbled and then he, he, he ran off in the woods. Okay. Where's your water source? And I get all that stuff. I go up, start flying and we find the deer and, but the deer is not dead. It's wounded and it's hurt. It's bedded down. All right, so, so this is where the crossroads are, at least in North Carolina. So now, now we know that deer exists because that hunter saw it and shot it. So we're looking for a, a, a deer, and we have found that. So, so that deer we know of. It's not like we're just up looking for any old deer to then go run in and shoot. No, we know this deer exists, and we're looking for it. So now we've found it, okay? So I'm not aiding him in taking unknown natural resources, right? He knows it's there and we're looking for it. So we found it. Okay. It's not dead. Now I cannot hover my drone over top while he goes in and finishes it. You know, I I can't do any of that. Now I will give him the coordinates of where that deer is. And I will tell them, do not make a decision on what you're going to do until I've packed up and left. And I tell them, just leave them overnight. Just leave them overnight. You know, they're hurt. You know, I mean, they're laying in a a pool of blood, leave them. Mm -hmm. Uh, and typically that's what people do when they go back and they're dead the next morning. Uh, so it, it's, you know, I think my longest one was probably five hours. Uh, my shortest one was like four minutes. Um, gotcha. and, and I will tell you, um, bow hunters are much more accurate than muzzle loader or the orange army. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know if people don't sight their rifles in. I don't know if they don't clean their muzzle loaders. Uh, but man, <laughs> it's, it's it's bad down here. I mean, it's 
Now I'll, I'll ask you this controversial question with how many, how many deer would you say you recovered or how many um, have, so, you, have you looked for? Yeah. So I've got 15 recoveries. Okay. Um, I've got four that I did not find the deer. Okay. But the deer showed back up within three to four days uninjured on trail camera, which gives me the satisfaction of knowing that right. the property I was flying, I didn't miss it. Mm. It just wasn't there. Out of those 15 that you recovered, was there, is there any statistics on fixed blade and mechanical broadheads? Um, no. Or is it it's, just it's, bad it's, shot placement? Shot placement. It's in, in, you know, I, I talk to the shooters, whether it's, it's, it's archery gun, whatever. And I, I'll say, and I don't ask it like in an accusatory manner. I, I, I'm literally curious. You know, I'll say, Hey man, just out of curiosity, you know, how much do you practice? Mm -hmm. Oh man, I, you know, I put a pie plate up and I hit it at 15 yards beginning of the season, man. I was locked on. <laughs> yeah. That's not locked on. Right? <laughs> and, and, like I, I know with me it, in early season, as ridiculous as I look in my driveway, I do jumping jacks and then grab my bow and I shoot. It's the only way I can get my heart rate up the way it is before I shoot in the woods. Right. You know, I don't get like buck fever, but my heart rate's accelerated. Mm -hmm. And, yeah. you know, a buddy of mine, uh, he doesn't shoot Luminox. He doesn't practice. Uh, he doesn't have a peep. Uh, he doesn't have, he, he doesn't anchor at all. So it's never the same. You know, and he wounds deer all the time. He's like, I just don't understand. I said, man, like, you got to get serious about it. But mm -hmm. no, to your point, th there's no one or the other. Okay. There's not. When this thing, when this drone goes up, is there, I don't know if you can talk about it or not, but is there a certain height that you have yes. to go? And what is the field of view to pick up that heat signal? Sure. Yeah. So. Um, in order to fly a drone commercially, you have to have uh, basically a pilot's license from the FAA, and it's called an FAA 107. Um, and you are uh, regulated to 400 feet. Now, that's 400 feet from the ground. Mm -hmm. Now, if I am doing a cell tower inspection, okay, then my 400 feet starts at the top of that tower. Okay, so... Uh, I am allowed 400 feet to get my drone up. Now, once it gets up, uh, you can see, I mean, the horizon. Um, now, on my drone, I've got a 56 times zoom Okay. Uh, that, that's pretty amazing. If you look at uh, those pictures I sent you earlier, mm -hmm. a lot of those were from 250, 300 feet. Oh, wow. Um, now, I'll get down about 160 feet once I locate a heat signature. Mm -hmm. uh, just to help my zoom that much more. If now that Matrice 30T, uh, it's got a much better zoom and it's got a much better spotlight than mine does. I have an aftermarket spotlight. It works great. Uh, it's just, it's a difference between driving a, a, a Maserati and driving a Cadillac. They're mm -hmm. both great. One's just a little greater than the other one. Um, but I'll drop down and uh, what I'll do is I'll turn my spotlight on if it's at night. And then I can zoom all the way in and there's no, I mean, you can see the, the wound, you can see the, the blood and the leaves. You oh, know, wow. uh, yeah. It's, it's really, really detailed. Uh, and you know, if, if I don't find it, okay, turn the light off, go back up, look for my next heat source. And what I'll typically do is um, 
I'll go where I think the deer is first. Then I'll go where the customer thinks the deer is. And then I just start grid searching if I haven't mm -hmm. found it by that time. Um, but I would say, you know, and everybody's experience is different, but um, where we are, uh, I would say probably 75% of the deer that I find are within 50 yards of, of a water source. Um, so, you know, you always hear, you know, gut shot or liver shot or whatever, you know, they always go to water. And some people say, oh, that's not true. You know, well, the, the, the data that I've seen, that's just me, mm -hmm. uh, says they do go towards water. I think they, yeah. they, when they get injured, they feel dehydrated and they just, and that's what happened with my deer that I lost last year. Uh, he, he, I'm certain booked it across the, the next farm over. And then uh, I pushed it when I initially looked and lost blood. The dog pushed it when it showed up. And then once everything settled down, I think it was coming back to the creek that it crossed. And it, it, it got to about 30 yards. That was where I found it. I just think, you know, what, you know what's crazy about that? You say that is years ago, um, I had another property I hunted on. I shot a deer with my bow, couldn't find it. Well, it ran. When I first shot it, obviously they don't know what's happening, so they just take off. Right. It ran the opposite way mm. of water. The next, I couldn't find it. The next day, it came back yeah. behind yeah. me and died within 20 yeah. yards of the creek. And I, I really do think, and, and this is putting it in layman's terms, but I really do think when, when you hit a deer like that, it kind of has the oh crap moment mm -hmm. and it just books it until it realizes what happened. It realizes, okay. Let, let me just get my stuff together here. Survival mode. Right. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, they, they their radar really goes on point. And then it's self-care. What do I right. need to do? Now, right. I will tell you that a large majority of these deer that, that I find, um, when they're laying down, they are laying down on the wound side if it's not mm -hmm. a pass-through. Uh, I just had one recently. Um, Dave, I sent you it's in, some, it's in some pine trees. You can see it curled up, and the mm -hmm. wound is on the other side. And it wasn't okay. a through. Hmm. Um, now, you know, that that, beg, that begs the question: Are they doing that to try and clot the wound up? You know, mm -hmm. is is that what nature is telling them to do? You know, or is it just the way they end up? Huh. I don't know. Right. Put pressure on a wound. Yeah. Right. I, mean, I, you know, I don't know. Yeah. Um, that wouldn't it wouldn't surprise me if that if that's what they do. Now these, you these, these drones, man. Like uh, I was flying one the other night, and I was. At a, uh, coming up on the edge of a field and all of a sudden this this red object just it's like comes out of nowhere and then another one and another one and i was like so I, I stopped just out of curiosity turned my flashlight or my my um spotlight on and it was a coyote den and they were coming up out of it and i looked over at my hunter and i said i'm dropping you a pin you need to go over here with some gasoline and some tannerite you know <laughs> and 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 you probably want to handle this Drop uh, it down the hole. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, you know, a lot of times in the early morning with my heat signatures, um, I get squirrels running up and down branches, you know, rabbits running. And, and when I first started doing this, like, I couldn't tell the difference, you know, but that was a lot of the reason I spent as much time as I did leading up to the season starting in my first year doing this yeah. was so that, you know, because if I don't find deer, my value does not exist. Mm. Right. So. <clears throat> That's why I spent that much time getting to, to understand the drone and everything that it does and its capabilities. Um, I've got a really good friend of mine that is up in um, Virginia. Uh, he's up around Williamsburg area. Uh, his name's Judd Updike, and he's got a company called Captured Media. 
and he he's he's got the matrice. He does a little bit different than I do. He he does YouTube videos of each one of his, and then they're very good. He, he's a phenomenal editor, um, and it's it's odd. He and I will, will compare notes all the time, and uh, you know some stuff just doesn't change. Like there are people that don't practice, uh, you know, the fine one by water, you know, stuff like that. Um, but the, these drones really, really are spectacular. Now, my last question to you is I, the reason I brought you on here, one is interesting and I've been getting questions about it. Like drone recovery, Dave, what do you, do you think this is like, this is fair? Are you for it? Um, and I think any mean, any means that you can do, whether it's dogs, drone or whatever to find it, I think right. it's, you should be able to do it right now. Have you seen a percentage or the comparison between dogs and the drone? Like which one um, is better? So, and I get asked this a lot yep. and I think people are trying to, not you, but I think people are trying to set me up for a we versus them. Mm. And my, my answer is this. Um, and, and even all through my law enforcement career, uh, dogs are only as good as their handlers mm -hmm. and dogs are only as good as the amount of work somebody's willing to put them through. Um, I tell people that I think dogs are a good tool. If you are more than 75% sure that animal is dead, but I would say more than half of my calls have come from, I tracked it, couldn't find it, called a dog, couldn't find it. And then I come in and I find it, like way away. And the reason for that is because, and this isn't me downing dogs. I, 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 I believe in a dog's ability, oh, yeah. but if that deer is wounded, you're just going to push them. Mm -hmm. And so now that, that client is, is uh, donating to the dog uh, and then paying me. And <clears throat> one of the things I've tried to tell people, um, you know, in, in the spirit of woodsmanship, we should do everything we can to recover that animal. Mm -hmm. there, there's nothing worse than you shoot something and somebody doesn't go look for it. And then you find it a month later and the coyotes, you know, got to it, you know, where you could have at least gotten in the woods and, you know, terminated it, harvested it, you know, made, made an ethical kill, you know, if you made a bad shot. Um, so to, to me, by any means necessary, I think if you're staying in the spirit of, of an outdoorsman, I think it's okay. Um, now, you know, people that will take a drone, you know, getting ready to go in at, at two in the afternoon, put a drone up, you know, fly it over their farm. Oh, there's four of them bedded down right there. I'm going to the east side stand. You know, like, no. You know, like, like cell cameras are about my limit with using technology to help you harvest an animal. Mm. But at the same time, you know, the same people that say, well, just technology's out of control. You shouldn't be doing that. And I, I say, all right, you know, do you play golf? Yeah. Is your driver made out of wood? Do you have a, a you know, a, a hardwood driver? No, you have a titanium driver. Why? Because it makes you better. You know, it makes the game easier, you know? So, you know, I get it. Uh, but, you just, if you're not sure, I would recommend calling in a drone. But there are some questions I think you need to ask. Um, 
Number one, do you have a part 107? Number two, are you insured? And number three, can you send me some some pictures of some deer you've, you've found? Because, you know, you can anybody can go out and like my drone is about sixty five hundred dollars. It was about another. I think five or seven hundred dollars for the spotlight. So I'm seventy five hundred dollars in. Mm. Anybody can go in and buy one. Get a Facebook page. Hey, drone deer recovery or you know whatever. It doesn't mean you're going to be good. So if you don't have a part 107, to me, that just means you haven't taken the time to be a professional. Mm-hmm. Plus, it's illegal. Number two, if you're not insured, uh, you know, sometimes these drones literally will get a mind of their own. They'll disconnect and they'll just take off. Uh, if that happens and you fly it in the middle of I-26 or, or it goes in the I-26 and causes a wreck. Right. You know, if your neighbor next door, you know, 80 year old Sally's walking out, getting the newspaper and your props smack her in the face a half dozen times, you know, like you need to have some insurance. Mm-hmm. Um, and then if you get there and the drone operator will not allow you to participate in the recovery, you know, look over your shoulder, um, you know, be a part of the process. That's a problem. Um, there's a, there's a couple that I've heard of um, that they show up, they're up for 10 minutes. Like, nah, I can't find it. You know, Venmo me $500, you know, uh, where I am in North Carolina, my market won't, won't sustain $500. Now, up around Ohio, uh, Kansas, Illinois, well, Illinois, it's illegal, but uh, some of these states where there's, you know, record deer, you know, somebody thinks they've got 180 inch deer. Yeah. They're going to pay $500 to find it. Right. Right. Um, not so much down here. And I, I tend to be a little on, on the, the lower end um, because I do want the work. Um, and I would rather have you call me this year and next year and the year after. And if you're going to buy property, call me to take pictures of your product. Like I want your business for the long term, Right. And so you know, I just don't, I just have a problem with these people that just absolutely just, just gut rake people and then don't even find their deer. Mm-hmm. Okay. I got a couple questions for you, Phil. Um, if you get called out and you go in the evening, like you say, how, how do you get, where do you set up at? I mean, do you, do you find an, of course you have to have an opening to get up, but how do you yeah. how do you get set up to to start to fly? And when you say uh, spotlight, do you mean an actual light or is it infrared yes. or how? No, it's it's a it's a it's a high power uh, LED spotlight. Okay. Um, and, and is that on is, at all so, times? What's that? Is that is that on at all? No, times I turn it off and on. Huh, I turn it off and on as needed. So okay. it's it's got uh, two lenses on it. And then on the on the bottom part, I'm trying to get my fingers right here on the screen. Um, on the the drone, the thermal camera's right here. Wherever that camera looks, the lights follow it. So yeah. when I look down and zoom in, the lights already there. Um, so where I take, I, I obviously try and get somewhere where there's no power lines, um, but I don't have to have but about a six foot diameter to get my drone up through there. Mm-hmm. Um, I've flown through some sketchy stuff. Um, but I've got enough experience and I'm confident enough with the drone 
that I can do that. Uh, what I try and do is is just get up wherever I am because I can fly it so far out, you know. Uh, and as long as I can keep an eye on it, you know, I've I've, I've gone. Well, I'm not gonna say how far, but I've <laughs> I've gone really far. Um, there's regulations, but I've gone really far. Um, and so when I do that, that's when I start doing that, that, that grid searching. And then, so my battery lasts about 25 to 30 minutes, depending on how much of the spotlight I'm using. And then I'll come in, um, and I've done all four batteries, recharged all of them and go right back up. Like I'm fully invested with this Hunter when, when I'm there. Now, is there any built in, uh, way that you can't bump into something will it alert you that something's too close yes (laughs) but uh just like condoms they don't always work (laughs) (laughs) Uh, and i'll give you an example so so to answer your question yes so dji which uh, i believe is the cream of the crop uh, 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 drone company they have built-in radars and uh, that radar, you can adjust it to basically at what point you want it to stop the drone away from X, right? Now, if your radar is on and you crash the drone, then DJI looks at that as their radar failed and they will replace it. So with one of our crop spraying drones, the T-40, Okay. Now that's an all in, that's a $45,000 drone. Um, and, and yes, and we've got two of them. And uh, we were up in the, the up in Wilkes County, uh, the home of moonshine, um, really threading the needle with this drone. These drones are 11 feet in diameter, 210 pounds, fully loaded. And we were really threading the needle doing some fungicide for a farmer. And uh, there were about 11 power lines that we had accounted for that the drone was picking up, but it didn't pick up the 12th power line. And, you know, the props are four foot long carbon fiber and it caught the, it caught the power line and it got tangled up in the power line. Power line was hot, caught fire. The whole drone catches on fire, falls in the middle of the field. Um, the radar was on. So uh, we, we did a claim with DJI and it was the easiest process in the world. We put it on a pallet. We sent it back. They looked at it. They said, yep, you know, you, you had everything mapped properly. The radar was on. Our radar didn't work as advertised. They put us a brand new drone on the pallet and sent it right back. We had it back within five days. Wow. Uh, yeah. And we work with a company called uh, AgriSpray Drones. Uh, they're phenomenal. Customer service, top notch. Uh, we had a motor go bad on one of those. Everything they send you is overnight. They overnight it to us, and then they stay on the phone with us for an hour and 20 minutes walking us through the replacement of this motor, and it was flawless. So um, the drones are so smart. Um, you know, you can program it, you know, the ceiling that you want it to go to. Uh, you can program it how far out you're willing to let it go before it, it automatically stops. Um, you know, you can program it to a whole lot of things, and when you get into the mapping stuff, that's when it gets really, really crazy. Um, mm-hmm. And we do a lot of mapping. David, uh, my business partner, is is so intelligent with that stuff. Um, and it takes about six or seven hours to do about a 200-acre field. 
uh, and we, we charge a mapping fee because it takes so long. But by doing that, you know, we are so accurate and efficient with their chemicals that they don't have waste. And where, you know, if, if this is, uh, if this is the field right here that we're spraying, you know, if you're using a crop duster, well, they're going to miss this third because they have to drop in. They're going to get mm -hmm. the middle, but then they're going to miss this third because they have to pull up. Right. So plus they have drift issues as to where we're plus or minus like inches of, of how close we can get this stuff. So the, the drone technology is phenomenal. Um, I would like for the United States to have a, an equally as good drone, but they just don't. We've got assembled in drone, assembled in the United States drones. But it's all Chinese technology. Um, like I said, DJI is a cat's meow, but there's a lot of states now. Uh, North Carolina is one of them that will not order any more of their products. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, that's a whole separate argument. Are they spying on us? One that I don't get into. Mine right. finds here. So yeah, there's that. How far, how far are you traveling for this business wise? For the deer or for the agriculture or both? Both, because I think the agricultural part is huge. It is as a business. Um, Absolutely. Um, so with the agriculture stuff, as long as your check cashes will come, mm -hmm. uh, you know, it is not a cheap uh, product that we provide, but it, it's one that, that is needed. I mean, there's value to it. You know, we don't bend people oh, yeah. over the barrel uh, mm -hmm. and, and price gouge them, but we have a lot of overhead. So, mm -hmm. you know, um, we've we've been contacted from Maryland, been contacted from Michigan um, Virginia, uh, South Carolina. Um, so is as long as uh, those states have reciprocal agreements with all of our pesticide licensing that North Carolina has licensed us to do, you know, and, and you understand the travel costs and the daily rates. Yeah, we'll go, you know, now with the, the thermal stuff, um, man, I try and keep it within an hour's drive because okay. I don't, I don't change my fee for an yeah. hour's drive. Um, gotcha. And, you know, I've I've kind of paid attention on social media to guys around me that that I feel like a professional and do a good job. And, you know, there's about four of us and we will um, we'll send work to each other. Hey, man, this is this is too far for me. But I think it's in your neck of the woods. You know, do you, will you take this one? Uh, and so that that's good. That helps, because mm -hmm. at the end of the day, you, you should want to help the hunter harvest his his animal. You know, it should not be about you getting a check. Um, yes. You know, it, it is business and I am here to make money. But, yep. you know, if, if somebody cares enough to spend that money to recover a deer, then I want to give them a premium product. Mm -hmm. And that's that's kind of one of our calls to action with the um, the agriculture side is if we cannot provide a premium product, we don't do it. And, and we go above and beyond to make sure that everything that we do is teetotal top notch that we will not be outdone by a competitor providing a better service to a client. Uh, and that's just, I just think that's important in business, but I think it's also lost a lot too. Mm -hmm. You know, people want to show up, work, pay me, move on to the next thing. And because David and I are retired and have a, a nice pension coming in, you know, we can afford to build relationships with these growers as we work, you know, I see your farm all shirt. So, yeah. you know, I, 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 I know you understand ad yeah. and, you know, 
for, for us, you know, in the spring, like I pray for rain. I want, I want like five days of rain because tractors can't get in the field, which right. means they need us. But I want to service the farmers so they can stay on calendar. Mm-hmm. And, and we stay wide open. We schedule four, four days a week. We leave one day open for the farmer that calls, you know, with the SOS. Um, and we, you know, sun up, sundown. But it's a it's a full operation. Now, Dave, with with the stuff that you do with a lot of the land management, um, we we really want to do as much work as we can uh, with crops that are for food plots. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, not everybody has got a ground rig that can go in and, and spray a thousand gallons, you know, and have a quarter million dollar John Deere do all that. Mm-hmm. Um as where we can come in and, you know, early season, we can do a burn down, you know, we can kill everything. Uh, you know, if you want to turn the soil, turn it, we come in, we spray it again, you know, and then, you know, you plant, we can come in, do the, the, uh, uh, liquid fertilizer, uh, you know, any pesticides, herbicides, fungicides that you need done. We do all that stuff. Um, you know, later in the year, uh, you know, if, if it's corn that you got and you got gray leaf or you have uh, morning glory, we can come in and take care of that. So, you know, we really want to have a small niche in the hunting community. Uh, but that's one of those things that, you know, right now, row farmers are just where we are. Mm-hmm. But we, we, we've got two drones. We've got two trailer setups. Um, we're going to have two and, teams. And you'll spray any liquid fertilizer, for instance, that the customer Absolutely. wants. They yeah. can provide so, it. Yeah. Yeah, so we've we've got um, uh, our our pesticide license, our um, pesticide contractor's license, which I've got my contractor license, uh, aerial applicator, pest plant, uh, which you have to have those to have your FAA 137 to be able to be a, a licensed aerial applicator. Uh, you a lot you are of, all you are all in. That's He's exciting. Well, in. but you know, I, we couldn't do this if it wasn't for our financial backing. Yeah, um, because all of that stuff takes time, and I, uh, you know, yeah. that that's six months of studying right there mm-hmm. for all that. That's um, awesome. And, and then, you know, like I said, we're two hundred fifty, three hundred thousand dollars in. Uh, you know, we've got a custom built twenty five thousand dollar enclosed trailer, air conditioned. It's got yeah. a two hundred fifty gallon freshwater tank, a hundred gallon mixed tank. It's all interplumbed. Wow. And, you know, uh, Bryson Industries, Alina Shields' parent company. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's what we do is formulate chemicals. Mm-hmm. So plumbing everything and mixing, you know, like that, that's what we do. Like we're all we're doing is just doing it on the road now. Uh, so the knowledge and the ability to be able to plumb and do all this stuff was second to none. And, and our COO, Tommy, um, we call him MacGyver because, uh, man, like, like do it all. Yeah. Like I could take him my, my, my trash can that's on the road right now to be picked up in the morning. And man, he could, he could come up with a, freaking a Volkswagen bug, you know, like he's just, he's, he's crazy. He's got all these great ideas, but he's so intelligent and we're so efficient. You know, we've got a door on the side, you know, a little RV door about that big on the side of the trailer. And we, we run a, a high tension hose, high pressure hose out of it. We got 36 feet. It's got a gas nozzle on the end of it. So the drone sets down, we pick up the nozzle, we put it in on automatic fill while it's filling up. We pull the big battery out. Drop the new battery in. By, by that time, it's it's done being filled up. We take the pump handle out, put the top on, 
ready to go. Uh, so, so yeah, um, we're we've we've been cornered by the Forestry Service about doing some uh, work for them. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're getting into doing Christmas trees. Um, well, I, I say we're getting into it. I really want to get into doing Christmas trees. Um, the problem with that is that there's a lot of manual flying with that because, you know, Christmas trees grow on hills like this right here. The, the drone will figure that out and the drone will act accordingly, but sometimes it's just better to manually fly it. But just to put it in perspective for you, um, like how much money we save the ag industry. So I was talking to a Christmas tree farmer. He's got 300 acres. He pays 10 migrant workers, sun up, sun down for 12 days with backpack sprayers to spray their trees four times a year. Okay. If we came in and did it, we would be able to do it in a day and a half. As where he's paying 10 people for 12 days, we can do it in a day and a half. So it is efficient. Now, one of the things that we're also working towards is uh, we're working with the legislature and because David and I uh, have had our hands in state government for, for so long, we've got a lot of friends. Um, not, not that we're anybody important. We just know people that, that are decision makers. Um, and we've talked to them and said, Hey, look, why don't you give the growers uh, a tax break if they utilize drones for X amount of their harvest because they're reducing their carbon footprint. Now, with that being said, you know, there's gonna be a lot of people out there and rightfully so they're gonna be like, Oh, you're putting tractors out of business. You know, diesels, diesels, what powers America. Totally agree. I love John Deere. love Massey Ferguson. I love, you know, farm all like I, I love diesel. Like I love guys that delete their, their stuff on their trucks, roll coal, black smoke. Love it. You know, I love pulling up side of a Prius and, and, and like, I think it's great. Smoking it. <laughs> but, right. But, uh, you know, eventually you're going to have to incorporate something like this into the agriculture industry. So we're trying to get a benefit to, to the grower for doing that. And, and plus it ups our value. You know what I mean? Let, let, let's not, let's not be stupid. I mean, it ups our value also. Um, but yeah, there's a, there's a whole bunch of things those spray drones do. Golf courses. Uh, you think about, liquid fertilizer on a golf course, tee to fairway to green, how quickly we can get that done, you know, and keeps them from having to run their equipment all up and down, you know, the right. stuff, uh, football fields. Uh, I mean, it lists it pump, pumpkin p- patches. Uh, I mean, it goes on and on and on. So on a really small scale, I'm going to pull back the reins here on you. Yeah. <laughs> on a really smaller scale, like, I myself thought it would be uh, be cool just to get a drone and fly it over my food plots and show everybody an aerial view, you know, that type of thing. Uh, Somebody said, well, I can't do that because if you use that footage on YouTube, you could get in trouble. Have you heard anything like that? No, so so that goes back to what we talked about, about that FAA 107. Um, If you were going to fly a drone commercially, uh, you have to have a 107. Now, coming from somebody that was in government that did law enforcement for a long time, if the FAA gets so desperate for work that they are going to people that film something and put it on YouTube and can somehow 
tie it all together that that helped you make money, then we are in a sad state with the federal government if the FAA gets to that point. Now, technically, is that correct? Yes. Uh, if I was you, would I worry about it? Absolutely not. Um, you know, now if you were out there doing cell tower inspections, water tower inspections, roof inspections, uh, you know, doing thermography, um, and making a like, living off of it, right? Like, you know, doing inspections with solar farms and getting paid handsomely for it. Yeah. You know, get your one or seven. Yeah. Um, but no, for, for something like that, for something that's enjoyment, you know, if, if, if the YouTube is, is something you do for enjoyment, um, that you do after work hours, no, that, that's, you know, I, I think you're well within the spirit of, of recreation there. Right. This, this would be huge. Like the spray drone, spray drones for like, uh, like uh, pine plantings or something, Absolutely. you know, you could you could spray liquid fertilizer and shorten the distant or the time frame between they have to cut the trees and then replant. Yep. Because yep. if it takes them ten years to get whatever tall, you spray them with liquid fertilizer, it cuts the two years off of it. Right. They get more. They get more plants. Well, and, and we also can spread seed with these drones. Right. Okay. We just take out the liquid tank and we just put the the um, seed hopper on it. Right, orchards. Um, how about yeah. uh, how about defoilization? Like somebody wants to timber, and they want to yeah, and take, so kill all like, the leaves off. The stuff that you have to use for that is so toxic and so powerful that I I, I won't do it personally. Um, there's just too much risk. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I do a majority of the chemical stuff and the ground stuff, and David does a majority of the flying right now. Um, and, you know, we, we have an agreement. If it's too dangerous for him to fly and he says, no, we don't fly. Mm-hmm. If it's too dangerous to spray and I say no, then we don't spray it. Uh, that stuff right there, like you're getting into stuff that, you know, 10 minutes after you spray it, it's black. <laughs> and, and like I – if, if my drone were to take off, you know, and I lose control of it, you know, if, if some of that stuff gets drift and gets in somebody's you know yard, yeah. that, uh-uh. no, I don't want to do that. See, they, they did that over. We've got a large track of land over here and somebody bought it all up, a large company, and they flew over and, and they defoliaged it all out. Yeah, and, and that, that I thought, wow, mm-hmm. do I really want to shoot a deer in there and try to butcher this thing and eat it? I mean, that stuff's so toxic. Well, that's that's the stuff that, uh, and I, and we use PPE. I mean, I use goggles and gloves, you know, when it calls for it. But that's the stuff right there where you wear a double chemical suit mm-hmm. with the daggum respirator, mm-hmm. and I just like that's too much for me. Yeah, you know, right. I, you know even if somebody were to say, man, I'll pay you double. I'm not doing that. I'm sorry. Yeah, it's not, it's not worth it. Not worth no, the it's risk. Not. It's not. But yeah, these, these drones are amazing. I, I would, uh, uh, you know, there's a lot of stuff online about them. Um, there's some stuff that I've seen that I think the FAA is going to probably end up finding some people with a lot of zeros. Um, <laughs> you know, you have to use these drones within the confines of what they're made to use for. Um, and I'll just leave that there. There's some entertaining things out there 
that people can do with drones and some entertaining things that people can do in the hunting industry with drones. Um, but mm, so, get yourself in trouble, right? Yes. <laughs> so shadow tech is your business. Do you have right. a, so that, is there, that's is our there smaller a drone business. Okay. Is there a website? Uh, you... Do we, yes, we did do a website. Okay. Uh, we mainly do everything Facebook and Instagram. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, and then uh, Bryson Brothers Aerial Solutions uh, is our ag stuff. Okay. Um, and we'll, you'll, we're, we're going to start ramping up some uh, stuff on our social media here coming into the season. We've got some really neat things. Um, we actually had in the spring uh, a film crew come out and document um, the big spray drones. I don't know if it's going to be on Discovery Channel, the Weather Channel, or I can't remember. It's called Grow TV. Mm-hmm. It's like a it's like a streaming farming whatever. But um, so yeah, we'll we'll be pushing that out. And uh, you know, we're starting to do a lot of consulting work because people are are really getting turned on to these drones. Yeah. They want to invest in the ag stuff, but they have absolutely no idea what they have to do. And you have to get 125 hours of supervised flight before you can even get certified. So, mm-hmm. you know, we're doing consulting work with those 125 hours. Um, you know, and like I said, we'll, we'll travel, you know, uh, as, as long as your check clears, we'll, we'll travel. Um, we've got a guy down in the Eastern part of North Carolina. He wants us to come down there for 10 days. He said, he's going to uh, rent a fifth wheel, set it up at the farm for us to send him a grocery list and a beer list. And we'll just spray for 10 days and pack up and come home. Crazy. Um, it is, but it, it's, it's lucrative. Yeah. It's I fun. It. You know mm-hmm. I mean? Where else can you experience, you know, America, you know, other than maybe a NASCAR race every day, where mm-hmm. can you experience that and have that to look out at every day? Yeah. And yeah. you get some really good, Heads up on some good deer property. <laughs> oh heck yeah! I, I like the whole idea. I, I like the farming side of it. It's I like intriguing. The side. Um, I think the the ag side is going to blow up for you. Yeah. Um, yeah. that's I just think that's the way it's going. Um, and like like I said earlier, like the the planting, the tree pl- tree farms, mm-hmm. orchard, you know, all that stuff is going to be, yeah. I think, big. Yeah, we had a um. A very well known, well known vineyard call us, mm. and um, it was in the middle of our season. They said, "Hey, we need our vineyard sprayed." And I said, mm-hmm. "Okay, well, you know, this is when I can schedule you." Because <laughs> at the time, I wasn't retired. Me and David were both working a forty-hour week, and then spraying on the weekends or our days off or taking vacation or whatever. Mm-hmm. And um, so I said, "Well, this is when I can calendar you." And the guy says, um, "Well, what's your head of the line fee?" I said, that, that's not how we do business. I said, we don't, you know, we can't put you in front of other people. You know, and he's like, well, everybody's got a head of the line fee. Dude, I gave him the most ridiculous number. Just, I was told one time, a long time ago, when you quote people prices and Dave, you probably do, you probably understand this. You have, you have three buckets you choose from. You have the price you give somebody because you really want to work with them mm. and you want to have their business for a long time. And you have another price that you give them because, you know, well, you know, I mean, I'll do it, but it's going to be this price because, you know, if I don't do yours, I'll do somebody else's. And then you've got the, the cost that 
you know, we <laughs> we call it the up yours cost. You know, don't you don't want to do, do you don't want the price. You don't want to, you don't want the job. So yep. here's a stupid number just yep. to run them off. So that was the bucket I chose to, to pull from. Then they say yes the, anyway. I gave yeah, I gave him the up yours price, twenty five thousand dollars to get in the head of the line. Thinking he'd be like, mm-hmm. Oh, you're crazy. He was like, All right, when can you be here? <laughs> you know, so but we, like, we, dang, we did I not should have gave him a higher price. Yeah, sure. I know, right? Grand. Right. So we, we ended up not doing the work just just because we felt like that was not a good look for us. Right, right. Um, but yeah, it's it's really really it's fun, um, man. It's forward thinking. But I, I would caution people before you invest money in this stuff, do your homework, find out what it takes to do this. You know, the thermal stuff's not so much. You know, that's anybody can do that. That's kind of you know the JV league. Uh, you get into these great big agriculture drones man if you don't learn the technology if you don't learn everything that this drone can do and how it works you're going to end up getting in way over your head and you're going to lose money it's just it is what it is mm-hmm. so you know for everybody out there that that's thinking how cool it is and i agree uh but it's only cool for me because i invested a year of my life before i even before we even made a penny doing it Right. And it, it is some of the hardest testing and certification processes I've ever been through in my life. Mm-hmm. So just make sure you know what you're getting into. And I'm not the smartest crayon in the box. And I did it. So it, it's anybody's capable to do it. It just takes a lot of time and a lot of startup money. Mm-hmm. Well, I, I love this. And uh, I know you've been hunting you know, the past couple of days. So you have to get back to some stuff. So I appreciate your time coming on here. And um, it was really cool talking about it. And I hope I think the listeners, too, because like I said, I had questions about the the recovery part, deer recovery. But the ag side is super interesting to me. So I appreciate you coming on here. Yeah, absolutely. And and if anybody has any questions about any of this stuff, you know, just if you can just put up my contact information. I don't Mm -hmm. care if you give my cell phone number. Uh, You know, I mean, you know, I'm, I'm pretty quick about replying to stuff. Everybody gets a direct response from me, whether it's the mm-hmm. Shield, it's this stuff. You know, I'm, I'm a big believer in that. So okay. um, perfectly fine to get my phone number out. Um, happy to help people. You know, if you have a project you want help on, if, if you want us to come spray for you, happy to do it. We also do demos. Uh, we'll come okay. and, and show you our whole ag setup. You know, we bring the thermal also and do a, a full demo so you can see what everything, how it works, uh, you know, and what you're going to be getting into. Um, and then if, if you're interested in purchasing something, uh, we've got a really good guy, a dealer uh, that we go through uh, named Tucker Green. He's out of Ga- uh, Gastonia, North Carolina. Um, and he, he you won't find better customer service. So we can help you from start to finish. Happy to do it. Okay. Sounds good. Yeah. Thanks for coming on, Philip. Guys, I appreciate it as always. Very intriguing. <laughs>